I'm Shannon Paradis, your host and founder of Learn, Laugh, Leap. I'll be bringing you content about self-discovery, how people find their purpose, live joyfully, and make an explosive impact on those around them. The podcast at its core is centered around health and wellness, but I want to start by learning from people that light up my life personally, laugh a lot, and then I want to have conversations with people that change the way we dream and empower us to leap forward. I'm so excited to take you on this journey with me. Let's leap in. Thanks for joining me again on Learn, Laugh, Leap. On today's episode, I'm interviewing Luis Leonardo, a Guatemalan native that is gracing Minneapolis with not only his presence, but his big ideas. He is a personal trainer, endurance coach, Ironman, and he recently introduced the Performance Block, which is a product he created and it's now on the market. He's going to share with us today how all of this manifested. All right. Welcome to our show, Luis Leonardo. You got it right. (laughs) Ooh, how are you today? I'm doing good. So tell me about your day. What all did you do? So uh, I'm a personal trainer and owner of Dress Sports. And okay. uh, my day started at five in the morning with my first client. Nice. Uh, so I was up at four in the morning. Mm-hmm. I had a, a break mid-morning into the uh, afternoon. And instead of going and take a nap, I decided to go to Home Depot and <laughs> I bought some wood. Uh, I'm working on a prototype for a new invention that I have. But yeah, I, I work on, on this for a couple of hours. I went to my in-laws. They let me use their uh, little room for making, working with wood. My father-in-law, is he's a very handyman. So he has all kinds of different tools. Does a lot of woodworking? Yep. Very cool. Um, yeah, so I uh, I did that for a couple of hours and then I went back to dress sports and coach a few more clients and here I am. How many clients do you have in a day usually? A typical day on average is seven to eight people. Holy mm-hmm. smokes. Yeah. That's a lot. And how long have you been getting up at four in the morning? So I typically do like three, 5 a.m. clients a week. Are you an early bird? I am now. <laughs> I used to not be an early bird, but yeah, I, I kind of master the skill now and oh I, I like gosh. it. I do, I do. There's something about it. Luis says if he sleeps in, he feels like a slacker. And even then he's waking up at maybe 8 a.m. Our bodies are meant to be active, he says. And that led us to talk about his company, Trace Sports. What inspired you to, to open Trace Sports? You know, just to kind of give you a short version of my background right now, I'm originally from Guatemala. When I was about almost 14 years old I started running just kind of for fun just wanted to do some sport and then I started going to the gym and I fell in love with running at age 16 I started doing triathlons and then by age 20 I started doing I kind of organically started helping some people with triathlon training and that just opened the door unpaid I was coaching spinning a little bit I was in the Guatemala triathlon team so I was doing pretty competitive uh, mm-hmm. races in, in Guatemala, Central America. And uh, at age 18, I was the um, junior best triathlete in Guatemala. Oh so gosh. that That's kind incredible. of... Yeah, it was it was pretty cool. But that uh, that kind of put me in a, in a certain place with, within the community. And, and some people that knew me that liked the sport, they were... They kind of organically asked me for tips and advice. And that started the wheel for mm-hmm. me. And fast forward 20 so years now like I've been helping people along the way and I just love fitness I love what it does to your mind to your body mm-hmm. uh, it's my passion so that's so cool 
that's kind of what led me to open dress sports obviously there's way more in between mm-hmm. all of that little short b- story that i told you but that's kind of how how i got to where i am today mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's really inspiring and were your parents athletes uh not really i mean both my mom and dad they're they're active they exercise uh, daily and i still have very vivid memories of being a kid and going on bike rides with both of them over the weekends and Mm -hmm. so they're they're pretty active so they kind of installed that in me Mm -hmm. so Uh, where did the running come from it was something very random i still remember the day i i remember signing i i started with my older brother i have a an older brother and two younger siblings a brother and a sister with my older brother we decided to join a gym in guatemala i was like hey let's join this gym and let's do workouts kind of during our vacation from school uh, i was 14 years old i had been doing a little bit of running just for fun like i told you mm-hmm. but i remember the first day i went to the gym there was a trainer trying to giving us some workout and the first thing that he had me do was run on the treadmill for 10 minutes it that was like it kind of became my normal every time that i would go to the gym i would warm up on the treadmill running for 10 minutes and pretty soon i started just running really fast on the treadmill and i was like wow this is actually fun and and then i took it outside and i i kind of fell more in love with it really quickly and and i, I liked it there was something about trying to get faster uh, yeah i saw your you know? latest uh, facebook video where you're running on the <laughs> treadmill what was your, uh, your speed? Oh, i think that you know that was the last uh, speed workout i did i was running a quarter of a mile repetitions and the video that you saw i was running 15 miles per hour so that's a four oh minute my mile. gosh uh, ah. but I, I only did a quarter of a mile <laughs> sure but still do you feel like you're gonna fall off the treadmill uh no i i mean if, <laughs> if that was the feeling i will have to slow it down yeah no I, I i like intervals i like running fast and yeah as i continue to age is is something that i i want to keep my myself kind of fresh with doing intervals and keeping myself fast right mm-hmm. and how do you keep yourself injury free that's a good question right there it's a balance if you were to ask me this question 10 years ago i would probably have given you a completely different answer you 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 need to you need to be very in tune with yourself and you need to recognize uh, that when you're doing exercise when you're doing hard days it takes a while for your body to recover from those days so accumulation of hard days in a row without you being mindful of how well your body is recovering from that that starts to kind of put you in a bad place mm-hmm. where you're more prone to get injured right. um uh, there's like a list of, of things that you need to be checking when you're trying when you're trying to live an active lifestyle and make sure that you don't get injured so proper form when you're doing exercises right. understanding what is the movement that you're trying to do uh, what are the muscles that are gonna fire in that type of movement and just analyzing yourself or having somebody analyze you and detect what are imbalances that you might have you know mm-hmm. for for running a lot of runners take for granted stretching they take for granted running slow. Mm-hmm. They tend to run at the same speed most of their workouts or there's no really slow, slow days. So you start taxing your body way too much and before you know it, you get injured. But yeah, I, I had several injuries uh, uh, being you an athlete. Had? Yeah, I had several injuries and most of them happened because I was stubborn and I wasn't listening to my body. So, so you were overtraining. I was overtraining or there was... There, there might have been a pain or an issue that I needed to address and I needed to step back 
from doing the same thing but a lot of times I, I i was training for something so i had the pressure to keep training and before i knew it it was a little too late and and i i injured myself so but yeah I, I, like i told you i think today the the biggest component for me is understanding rest recovery learning how to balance and complement training with recovery mm-hmm. cross training where you're doing different things that are gonna help you activate other weaker areas of your body in order to develop your fitness more leveled i i think that's the way to stay injury free just being very in tune with yourself if you're gonna start a new training regimen and you've been you haven't been working out too much you need to be very mindful of how you're loading your body and making sure that you're taking easier days more more easier days versus hard days right and there's a very thin gray line over there that uh, a lot of people tend to not understand really well Mm -hmm. so how did you learn either training process you know with your clients certain techniques to use how to stay injury free do you have a background in in fitness education or Mm -hmm. Yeah, I have some certifications for personal training, some for running. But honestly, the biggest piece of education for me has been my my own life. I'm kind of like a fox. <laughs> you know, I'm always exploring. I like learning. I don't like to sit still. It's It amazes me every year. If I can humble myself enough to keep learning and keep a very open mind whenever I cross paths with somebody that is passionate about fitness, and they might be doing something different. I, instead of me trying to just teach them something, I, I try to learn. Mm-hmm. So I, I try to learn from, from people. I, but I like to put myself always as a guinea pig and try to learn things. And every year that goes by, the more I keep myself open to other methods, other concepts, uh, and investigate them. So it's always a, a learning something new and practicing until I feel confident enough in it that I can start speaking about it. And there's always that period of learning while I'm trying something and I don't tell <laughs> people for a while. Sure. And with that, there's a lot of things that I have tried that I'm like, oh, this doesn't work, you know, right. or I don't believe too much in this method of training. But the whole picture of fitness is, is way too wide. And yet you and have a really strong following. Yeah. And so you've well, built up a, now you have a studio and you have clients. Yeah. It's incredible. Yeah, it's, it's kind of like an art. I have a lot of different colors and those are my tools that I use for training. And I, I like to think of, I'm, I'm trying to build that arsenal. And every year, it's like, it just amazes me how much learning happens in one year. Five years ago, I got to a point where I was like thinking, well, I already know enough. <laughs> I, I like, I feel confident with what I know and that should be it. But then a year goes by, I get injured, or I might overtrain or something might happen or I deal with something with one of my clients and the doors keep opening and it, they keep opening they keep opening and it's it's i feel like i'm probably just touching on the tip of the, tip of the iceberg yeah. and there's so much more out there I was going to ask you about that. It's like, how do you kind of keep reinventing yourself and keeping yourself fresh? But I think you kind of hit the nail on the head. It's like, you want to constantly be learning. You can't sit still and you're just kind of exploring everything that's out there and Mm -hmm. not limiting yourself to, like you said, going back five years ago. Yeah. I know everything. I'm good. Yeah. And I'll just go with that. Yeah. So there's something to be said about keeping things fresh. Yeah. Every day. If you look at the human race in general i mean with every aspect of it we are evolving Mm -hmm. things keep changing we cannot just sit still and for me with fitness i i never want to be enclosed 
in inside of a box oh this is the method that i believe and i'm just gonna preach that so the more flexible i can be and the more in tune i can be with each individual i feel i feel better about being a trainer because mm -hmm. every single person is different we all we're all at different levels we all have different goals i i believe in in an active lifestyle and how good it is for you luis started doing some training in southern california in 2000 he had a triathlete friend from guatemala whose uncle lived in southern california the uncle would host his nephew and Luis for a few months while they did their three months of intense triathlon training together. Then they would head back to Guatemala. Luis loved traveling and exploring, and naturally he fell in love with the U.S. In 2006, he moved to the U.S. full-time, and then he moved to Minnesota in 2012. But how did you find your clients? First moving here, how oh, did you um, meet anybody? Yeah, no, I, I worked with a, with a company that had, it was like a triathlon store uh, that had some triathletes that were doing group workouts a bunch of people training for Ironmans so this place connected me with some of these people and I was just uh, facilitating mainly training plans okay. so pres prescribed training plans people and I, I do a lot of that still today where I have clients that approach me a lot of endurance athletes usually mm -hmm. people that are training for specific goals that might want to qualify for the Boston Marathon or want to run a PR okay so you're training people in triathlons and I heard about mixtape. So tell me a little bit about that, how it started. That started with my old uh, running group. This is this running group that started out of a church, Substance Church. They, they, they get together on Saturdays week, right? to run the, the lakes, um, Lake Cajun, Harriet, Lake of the Isles. So every Saturday they, they get together to do just a run as a group. But a bunch of them are running races every year. Okay. Back in 2013, I reached out to the guy that runs the running group, the, 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 the head of the running group, and I told him, hey, do you guys want to do some speed workouts on a different day of the week? We started doing some speed workouts that summer, and I helped them get faster. So what kind and of things do you have them do to get faster? Intervals, mainly okay. intervals. Similar to what you would do if you were running at a track. If you go to a track, you try to master getting higher heart rate, faster pace. You're kind of feeding your legs a more intense type of uh, effort. Mm -hmm. if, if done properly, that will lead you to become faster on your regular race pace. Right. The mixtape, I, I started noticing that a lot of these people uh, were lacking on flexibility, or we're lacking on strength mm -hmm. and there was that big component missing that I was like oh this I want to do more with them than just running speed workouts so fast forward a, a few years later I I kind of talked with Carl the the guy that runs the running group and and I was like hey I kind of I had established myself as a personal training on my own here in, okay. in Minnesota I had my own followers awesome. and I was renting a, a gym and running my own personal training business and so what did you call that business Louis <laughs> Luis Leonardo personal training. Okay, uh, I didn't know if that was part of. No, I I, I actually started the 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 name out there training on my own there. But yeah, going back to the mixtape, I I decided with with this running group that once a week we're gonna do some we're gonna do a little bit of running most likely some high intensity stuff with a lot of drills, work mm -hmm. on proper form and work on some strength and flexibility. Uh, and we decided to call it the mixtape because 
people were not gonna know what kind of music we're gonna be playing the next week and <laughs> and they never knew what kind of a workout i was gonna put in and kind of like with a mixtape you never know what the next song is and what right. was the next track so we're like let's just call it the mixtape because it's a <laughs> mix of a lot of things right you know and cool. yeah so that's that's the, that's where the mixtape began and that's where tres sports kind of started at, at this location okay mm-hmm. so what are the trace sports <laughs> <laughs> great question i'm from guatemala latin tres yeah uh, number three right swim bike and run oh so, that Duh. Was, that was like the like that was like I the didn't first... even put two and two together that it was triathletes. Tri- yeah, so that was kind of like the mm-hmm. the little hidden uh, message there. When I thought of the name, I was like, well, if a triathlete knows that there's three sports on triathlon, they're gonna yeah, see that name and together. and potentially understand that I'm a triathlon coach too. But there's more to it. I'm a firm believer of with people in general, regardless of what they're training for. If you balance your strength, yeah, if you balance your mobility, flexibility, and your endurance, you're going to be more leveled. Mm-hmm. Even with with a lot of clients today, if I have somebody come to me and tell me, hey, I just, I love strength training. Uh, I, I like to show them the value of learning how to become more flexible or more mobile. Uh, and I, I love teaching them the value of doing cardio because the, the faster you recover in between your sets when you're doing strength training, you're going to, you're going to get more out of your workouts mm-hmm. so it's like uh, th- there's those pieces there you sure. know so that's another component of the dress sports uh and then the last one is um, i'm a christian the the trinity right there mm-hmm. and that's that's kind of like the biggest hidden component to it you know i i feel like i get to I'm, i feel pretty lucky that i i get to do what i do but i actually through my line of work i, I get to connect with people in a very deep level sometimes and yeah and just I'm I'm very open about my my faith and I just uh, I I don't feel like I'm I'm preaching to people but I just learn to love them wherever they are not to judge people and and always just just point that finger to God you know I mean mm-hmm. it keeps me it keeps me humble it keeps me humble it keeps me in a good place for coaching mm-hmm. uh, understanding that at the end of the day I'm I'm working for the big guy you know yeah uh, and that allows me to really care for people so cool and and be present. You know, I mean, these days it's, it's so easy to just live somewhere else, right? Mm-hmm. In your phone or uh, in tomorrow or in yesterday, but it's, it's hard to be present. And I feel like uh, always thinking, oh, well, God gave me today. I'm going to try my best to do the best that I can with what I have in front of me. Mm-hmm. He demonstrated all of those things he just said to me when he not only said yes to being on this podcast, but he was excited to do it. He was really thorough in his communication and he showed me that he cared despite me just being a nobody that he had met maybe a couple times through doing some of his workouts and that's how you build relationships and trust and so I really appreciate that about him and I told him that during our interview it's um it's it's awesome you know like I I love meeting people Mm -hmm. uh and in my field uh I get to work uh, with all kinds of people uh, and and I have to break the ice with all of them every single like with every new client that Mm -hmm. I get or or even if it's somebody I'm just gonna try to help i gotta i gotta break the ice and i feel pretty comfortable just just 
sitting with a random individual and having a conversation, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So do you, when you first meet someone like that, do you do a consultation or how do you learn more about like what their goals are? Yeah, I I like to sit down and have a consultation. My my way and my style of coaching today has changed a lot. Back in the day, I will sit down with a person and I will have these questions that I will have to ask them Mm -hmm. and write them. Uh, And with that same approach, I will start training them with a guide. So I will make a training plan for a client and when they will come I will try to put them through the workout. Mm-hmm. But I I kind of took away from that uh, and now I, I just work uh, by having memory. real, yeah, by memory. I, I like to talk with people. I like to be present with them and try to record what's happening and understand where they are. Mm-hmm. Um, Does that, do you think that makes anybody nervous? Like, is he really hearing what I'm saying? If he's not writing anything down, how does he know? Maybe, you know, maybe sometimes they probably question that, but I can guarantee you that once they start seeing how I work, they realize that I strive on learning Mm -hmm. on the moment. And even with clients that I have that been training with me for a long time, I I never know what we're going to be doing. Right. Until they get to the gym and we start talking and I start asking some questions. How are you feeling today? You know, so before in the past, when I used to have a list or a plan, I, I quickly learned that okay this plan that I have might not be working with what they're telling me right now I need to change Mm -hmm. so I kind of learned to get rid of that and operate from where I am with them Um, and it keeps it keeps me fresh it keeps it's more entertaining to work like that you know because (laughs) I I, it's it's like an art it's like okay I, I don't even know what kind of painting we're gonna paint today right. but if we have a, a, a white canvas and yeah. we're gonna start right now you know yeah. um yeah so uh, yeah a, a, a lot of times I, I need to sit down with them and just learn i like to learn more about their personality okay how i, I tend to sense uh, are they comfortable around people around new people or they might be more shy I need to be more careful. Uh, they might be very scared of training with a trainer mm-hmm. or they might be very excited to train with a trainer. And so there's a lot of learning that happens when I do a consultation, but all, all I'm doing is we're kind of both getting to know each other. Mm-hmm. And I, I want to get a, a very general idea of where they're at or see if there's some major issues that I need to be very aware of. So, so I, can, I can just be more prepared for when I start working with them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you consult people on their diet too? No, I'm not a nutritionist. Okay. I, I, I do share with people what I'm doing. Okay. There's there's so much out there when it comes to the topic of nutrition. Like I told you earlier, I'm a guinea pig. I, I like to try things before I talk about them. If you were to ask me for advice on nutrition, I, I would just share what I've been doing. Luis has every level of client from sedentary to Boston Marathon qualifiers. The hardest thing for him to train with new clients is just consistency and loading them properly with workouts so they don't get burned out early on. Fitness is for everyone regardless of their age she says. So how do you get in your exercise in a day? Are you doing the exercises with your clients? I have to teach them how to do the exercise. So Mm -hmm. I'm always kind of squeezing little tiny workouts through my sessions, but that's just a little minimum. My workouts, I kind of squeeze them in between clients or I will get up earlier some days and do a workout or later in the day. So I kind of see how my day is looking and, and see and I always try to I try to be very in tune with myself 
so I always know what kind of stuff I should be doing. And don't get me wrong, there's days that I, I might push myself a little and I'll be like, oh, I shouldn't have gone on this route today, yeah. but I already did it, so be it. I'll try to recover better. It is, it's pretty random how it happens. You're not sour if you go two days without a, a, like a full hour of exercise? No, not okay. today. Uh, if anything, I, I have learned the value of recovery more, you know? It's it's a very powerful thing. If you if you are an active person. Sure. So learning to, okay, taking a day off, you know? Mm-hmm. It's no big deal. Taking another day off. If, if you know that you already did something two days prior and if you're still feeling sore or, or taking it a little easier. Uh, or if life is too busy and you have too much going on that you haven't been able to get a workout in, uh, you can do a shorter version of a workout, you know? Mm-hmm. There's, there's days that I'll do a 10-minute workout and... And it will be very, uh, it might be very intense, but that, that might be it for, for, for the day. Um, but it changes. And like I say, I, I, I go back to, to, to recovery. Like I, I have learned to put that as the number one priority. So with that said, I train way less than I used to back in the day. But I feel like I get more out of my workouts because mm-hmm. I go into them a little more fresh. Yeah, it's really interesting. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm sure I'm not the only one that needs to get this out of their head that, you know, you have to be at the gym for an hour. And if you only spend a half an hour mm-hmm. there, at least for me, like I feel guilty about it. But you're right. If you go into it fresh and you work really mm-hmm. hard, mm-hmm. And then well, and maybe the, you don't need to yeah. exercise for the next day, you know? Yeah. And there's there's a lot of other components that kind of encapsulate fitness. Uh, how you eat, what kind of diet you have, uh, how, how much stress you have in your life. Mm-hmm. Do you have quiet time? So talk to us about what your typical diet looks like in a day. I have tried a lot of different things. Back in the day, I used to take a lot of different supplements. Uh, I tried different diets. I used to eat a lot. Um, <laughs> but, but was it good food or just uh, garbage? You know, I mean, when I was younger, I, I, I definitely ate horrible. I was working out like a maniac. So you were still fit. So I was really fit, uh, okay. but I was eating a lot of crap a lot of the times. Uh, but I was also getting some vegetables. I was getting, and I was, I, I had a lot of different supplements that I don't even know if they do any, if they did any good to me or not. <laughs> But regardless where I am today and accumulation of a lot of experience, I and it, it's a very big trend these days, uh, which I, I'm, I'm glad that people are realizing this, but uh, I do intermittent fasting. Intermittent fasting is a cycle between a period of fasting and non-fasting. So it can also be used with calorie restriction for weight loss, but there are different time restrictions that you can have in intermittent fasting. One could be you know, a 24-hour fast followed by a 24-hour non-fasting period or or a common form would be fasting for 16 hours each day and only eating during the remaining eight hours typically on the same schedule every day Mm -hmm. gosh I have a lot of friends that are talking about that now so can you kind of explain what that is and what it does for you we're not meant to be eating all the time Uh, and we have this misconception (laughs) (laughs) we have this misconception that is being kind of integrated in society that if you skip breakfast is the worst thing that you can do to your body mm-hmm. uh, you need to constantly be eating and having snacks and all of that and I used to live under those regulations you know mm-hmm. but the first time that I read or, or, or saw fasting were in the Bible 
So I kind of always go back to that. And there's a lot of things that have happened to me that led me to open my eyes more. But uh, looking at animals in nature, you know, you, you see that when you're an animal in nature, you're, you're not you're not guaranteed to have food in front of you all the time, uh, especially when, uh, an animal that lives where the seasons are changing. You're more prone to have to adapt a lot. Mm-hmm. So that led me to understand that, OK, if the Bible talks too much about fasting and I see animals kind of living under those parameters, uh, there must be something about it. And then the trend has been kind of evolving more with mm-hmm. intermittent fasting. Before I did intermittent fasting, I, I played with doing like a day fast. Uh, a few times I did a couple of days without eating, just drinking water. There was something very powerful about it. Don't get me wrong. There was that downfall where you're hungry, you're craving food, you're thinking about food all the time, but all of a sudden that kind of faded. And You didn't get nauseous or dizzy no. or anything? Nope. I was, I was I was good. Doesn't apply for everyone. Sure. You know, anyone can benefit from some kind of fasting, but you have to dial yourself and you have to explore the concept on your own and, and be very in tune with yourself. The way that I practice it today is I don't have a meal until usually later in the afternoon. That's like my first meal of the day. Today I had my first meal at 3.30. I had, a, I had a smoothie and I usually have a smoothie. That's like my go-to break break the fast. Break the fast at, at 2 three or 3 in the afternoon. In the afternoon. Oh my yeah. gosh. And then I will, so basically I, I just eat on a very small window of time. Do you think about that smoothie in the morning or are you like, no, oh, I, I actually, can't wait? Well, but there's one component to it. I do bulletproof coffee. Okay. I get a dose of fat with my coffee in the morning okay. and that that's like breakfast to me. Mm-hmm. But real food doesn't happen until later in the day. When I first started playing with the concept a couple of years ago, I, I would probably eat around 11, 12 o'clock. That would be like sure. my first meal. But as as I have kind of gained more traction with the concept, I, I've been able to push that window of time further. I see the benefits of it. And the biggest benefit is how much energy I get and how much clarity. So you have, even oh, when you wake up at oh, I'm telling 4 you. in well, the morning. Uh, th- no. I, <laughs> I, I, I wake up and I'm sometimes I'm, I might be tired because I didn't get enough sleep. But once I get going through my day, I don't have those ups and downs that you will normally do. Uh, that I used to do back in the day when I was eating more normal I, I still remember back in the day it was like well I'm I'm crabby or I'm I'm feeling low I need to get some food in me later I understood that it takes energy out of your body to process food you know and you have enough fuel in you if you're uh, it's especially... interesting because I thought that food fuels your body it, it gives it, you energy to, to give you a, a very fun type of analogy that I use a lot with people is fasting in general it's, it's the same concept that you have when you go to the gas station and get gas in your car. A lot of what a lot of the people that eat all the time do is is you go to a gas station, you fill up the tank, you start driving on the freeway, you go a couple of exits, and then you start seeing the line is starting to go down. Oh no, I gotta go get gas again, you know? <laughs> You have a big tank in you. Your yeah. body knows what to do with all the food that you ate. Of all living creatures, we're pretty lucky. I mean, we got stores everywhere. You can go eat on demand. Right. So it's not like you're in the wilderness like an animal, you know? We barely let our bodies do what they can actually do because we live in that comfort state where you're just looking for food hmm, all the constantly. time. So what's in the smoothie? Great question. And actually, Edina Magazine got a hold of me like a
like a month ago because they wanted nice. to ask me about my smoothie. So I, nice. the, the recipe is gonna be on the Dyna oh magazine coming in the spring. Okay. Uh, but it's very simple. I have one of those Ninja blenders. Yeah. So I have that. I usually do the big container. Okay. <laughs> and I, I the fill size it. of your body. Yeah. Just to make uh, so I kind of I put a big chunk of ice on the bottom. I keep frozen bananas. I will put a, a frozen banana. If I'm really hungry, I will eat a whole avocado. One if whole I'm, avocado. On average, I will. I typically do like half of an avocado on okay. the smoothie. I do about a cup of almond milk and a cup of water, cold water. Uh, and then I use plant-based protein Vega. Uh, of all the proteins, to me, is one of the best ones there is. Is plant-based protein. Okay. And then the last ingredient is a full spoon of peanut butter or almond butter or okay. uh, sun flour seed butter. Blended really well and it's almost like eating a, an ice cream. Right. It's just delicious. I then asked him if he was on a keto diet because between the intermittent fasting and drinking the smoothies during the day with the bulletproof coffee, it sounded very similar to that diet. But he said that he does believe in eating carbs. And while he usually eats a big salad for dinner, many times he'll have a whole pizza. Every day changes for him and it just depends on what he's hungry for, what he's craving. Most days he does break his fast with the smoothie, but he did say that's the main difference between his diet and the keto diet is he still incorporates some carbs. We talked a little bit about his support network and he did mention his wife, which was very sweet. She has a great approach to life and, and she helps me with my business. I feel like I, I like to look at life as stress sports is just one part of my life and she just helps me keep everything more yeah. balanced and uh, she's she's my best friend, you know. Yeah. And I, I wouldn't be where I am if it wasn't for her. Yeah, this is for um, you, babe. <laughs> that's, that's awesome and you need that support too. It's hard to do it alone and so even to have somebody that's cheering you on. Yeah. You mentioned it's important to have quiet time. So what does that mean for you? We live in a very busy world. Uh, it's so easy just to constantly be thinking about stuff and being distracted with a list of things to do, right? I'm a big believer of, of balance. We all can benefit from having some quiet time. Sometimes for me, it might be uh, turning everything off or if I'm driving to the gym, I'll just turn off the, the radio or the music and just try to be quiet or or have some quiet time with God where I would just be still or or be thankful for whatever he has for me today or pray for something that might be going in my life you know so mm -hmm. to me the, the quiet time is just trying to connect more deeply with myself and stay, keep myself away from distractions so I can be present mm -hmm. if I see my my kids playing and I'm just sitting there I'll, I'll be just watching and trying to be mindful of just being present. focusing on them and being yeah. present trying not to think of too many things mm -hmm. it's just trying to be not multitasking which right. we are we're, I feel like we're all multitasking all the time so let's talk about your patents now I, I, I own a patent on a fitness device that I develop and I'm actually I, I did a licensing deal with a company here in Minnesota that's selling it that's the one that I have already patent and I have a business partner that has another patent on another fitness device that we license together with these people okay. with this company the, the one that I have is the, the the original name of the product was the hippie it came out of a hip injury that I had uh, oh. I was training for a marathon and I I, I tore my hip flexor oh my so, gosh I didn't even know that was possible yeah yeah me neither oh. <laughs> 
it started after a long run, after I did a 20 mile run. I started having some pain, uh, but I didn't yeah. knew what right. was going on. So um, I kept running and the third kept getting worse and worse and oh. to the point that I was at a race and it kind of went completely off on me and oh. that was the nastiest injury I ever had. But that led me to develop this product and the the original need that I had, uh, why I developed this thing was during that recovery after the injury, I was doing a lot of ice baths. Oh, ice baths, So I was yeah. constantly doing a couple of ice baths a day, just trying to accelerate the recovery process of my body. My injury would run from the front of my hip kind of to the back on my glute so I needed to get the ice to also penetrate on my glute and I was sitting on the bathtub and I'm like I'm not getting my glute really well mm. so I needed my immediate I needed something oh. that will elevate my butt yeah. from the floor but still leave the butt kind of with some space for the water uh, the glutes to, to be kind of free I, I just made like a self-made prototype of this product I cut a foam roller with a kitchen knife and all of a sudden I was like oh my gosh this this works this is doing the <laughs> trick you know so was that, that the first thing in your life that you had kind of created by yourself yeah the first real product invention that i had talking about something original right that i that i did so i had this yeah it was a clear idea of what i was trying to accomplish out of it mm -hmm. uh, i made my first prototype and i saw that it worked and then i went and started like researching this uh, something similar uh, online and i couldn't find anything so that <laughs> that led nothing me to, even close nothing even close so i was like you gotta be kidding me something so simple if you were to look at a yoga block mm -hmm. and cut like a little you. you on it that's it you know so i couldn't believe that there was nothing like that and i then i, I I felt strongly about it. As a trainer, I took my prototype to the floor and I used it as a prop for doing some floor exercises. Yeah, when I went in for one of your exercises, we did use it. Yeah. And mm -hmm. I thought it was actually pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. Tell us what are some of the other things that you can do with it for exercise. There's a lot of exercises that I have discovered that you can do with it, but the main ones are uh, just you, you sit uh, on it, on the floor, uh, and it will support your tailbone better. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it will give you some instability because it's a little narrower and you're just sitting on the center of your body on it. So you're not completely flat on the floor uh, if you were sitting on the floor. I think this could actually be big for me because I'm a spin instructor mm -hmm. and I feel my tailbone is bothering me. Yeah. And I'm thinking I'm either bruising my tailbone or it's going to eventually like crack. Yeah. So yeah. if you were to do like some kind of a B-sit or something on the floor, uh, sitting directly on the floor, sometimes people get that tailbone pain. Mm-hmm and this supports that but yeah you do uh, so there's a lot of variations of core exercises that you can do with it uh, I also use it to support my hands and my wrist from being on a very sharp position for the wrist mm -hmm. sometimes it can be annoying yep. if you're on your hands on the floor so this kind of gives you Good an alternative and a different yep. angle I, I ended up finding a patent attorney and filing for a patent and had to discover all that world of going after a patent uh, about a month ago I, I, I got my patent it came on the mail so how exciting is that it's pretty exciting it's like because it's such a long drawn-out process I would imagine. oh yeah it, it was like almost two years of oh my gosh doing the whole or, ordeal uh, for the hippie yeah for the hippie it's and now it's called the, the performance block oh okay. so did the you... company that I did the licensing with they they do a lot of market research and they know 
how to put names to a product that can become a little more searchable Mm -hmm. they kind of took it and they were like you know we should name it like this i'm like i don't care you guys name it whatever you want i believe in the product yeah so i have that product i have the other product that it kind of gives you support for your hands too it's called the performance wedges it also helps you to learn how to do a proper squat so you use them as as a wedge on your feet when you're trying to teach somebody to do a squat really Uh, somebody that lacks ankle mobility or flexibility or somebody that is too stiff on their hips it kind of puts you in a little bit of an angle where it's a little easier to learn the squat you use it as a prop for a lot of different things when you're doing floor exercises so i have those two that we license and now i have some other inventions i I gave you yeah so um the thumb spinner gave me this (laughs) thumb spinner as a gift and it's super cool it's a pen i didn't even notice that it was a pen at first i just thought it was a stick (sighs) and then you spin the thing at the top and then I turned it over and I'm like oh my gosh it's a pen too and it says the thumbspinner.com so it's just got all kinds of things going on but now you tell me kind of where that came from where that idea came from Noah my son actually he, he started asking me for a fidget spinner and when I saw what this thing was I was like you gotta be kidding me but my my little inventor in me, yeah. I immediately went and grabbed some bearings that I had from my skateboard. I have a longboard and I, I started playing with these bearings and I was like, gosh, this thing is so dumb. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, literally so simple. Um, <laughs> there was a pen in the desk where I was playing with this bearing and I was like, I'm just going to put the pen on, this, on the middle of this bearing and it fit perfectly. I was like, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> So long story short, I I just started making some prototypes. I showed the product to some friends of mine and they saw some potential in it. And I did too. I started playing with putting a rubber cap around it to give you more texture when Mm -hmm. you're playing with it. And I filed for a provisional patent on the concept and we ended up uh, making the thumb spinner. And now we have this product that I haven't pushed too much yet. I don't know what we're going to end up doing with it, but it's it's kind of like a novelty. It's kind of fun, you know? That's why I I brought you one today uh, so you can play with it when you're bored. Yes, thank you so much. (laughs) That was really thoughtful. And Um, it'll be kind of fun to see, you know, where it goes. Yeah. So how many websites do you have? Have. Good question. Um, <laughs> he doesn't even know. I don't even time. know. Um, but that's what I was just asking because you have this website listed here. Yeah, I, I that's the, the Tom Spinner is one of them. I had a yeah. website for dress sports. We had one before we did the licensing for the 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 hippie and the well the, the performance block and the performance mm-hmm. wedges. There was another website for that. I think that's about it. Uh, and so will this eventually the thumb spinner will it sell on Amazon? I don't know. Maybe. Okay. <laughs> Is it hard to become a seller there? It's an interesting process. Uh, if I was to pursue that avenue, I would probably like to partner with somebody that is already selling there, that okay. know Amazon really well. That's kind of what I did with uh, OPTP, with the company mm-hmm. that I licensed the other products. Today, I'm, I'm more in the business of, I have a lot of ideas <laughs> and things keep happening, you know, as you can tell. Um, you can't even help it anymore. Yeah, You're like, what is it going to be tomorrow? Yeah, it's Gosh. it's kind of it's kind of crazy to me. Like, I'm actually I'm working on some prototypes of another product right now that I'm trying to develop. Can you um, tell us about that, or is that like? No, I'll, I'll give you a, I'll give you some hints. It's for rock climbing, for developing the strength of your fingers for grip. Are you a rock climber? I'm not a rock climber, but <laughs> I I've been rock climbing. The last time I went rock climbing, that's when the light went on. I was like, there's something here. Sometimes 
as just being at the gym, mm-hmm. I started noticing certain needs for things. And yeah, my instinct just kicked in with this idea after I went rock climbing and I kind of found a, a niche there. Uh, there's a need and there's some stuff that people are already doing. So I'm developing this right now. Oh my gosh. Uh, so it's, it's, so it's cool. a product for working on your grip Dexterity. Well, yeah, so grip. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah, yeah and to me, being a trainer, and I, I can go back to how much I learn every year. I'm being a fox, mm-hmm. you know. If new ideas come, I don't want to be making a company out of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm very happy being a trainer, and I want to just continue doing that for the rest of my life or for a good chunk of time. You yeah. know, I want to just, I love what I do. Uh, nothing could take me away from that. But with these ideas, the avenue to go is if, if I continue developing things, I, I want to try to partner with other people that are that know how to sell it and know how to position it in the market and mm-hmm. let them take part of it and I'll take uh, I'll take royalties from it. Cool. On an ideal world, developing a product is, is pretty humbling. It doesn't happen. Things don't overnight. happen just overnight. And sometimes you you get an idea, you work on it for a while, and sometimes it will sit there because you don't have enough time to work on it too much. You know. Mm-hmm. Well, it's really cool that you saw those products through mm-hmm. and that you're doing the same thing because I'm sure this happens all the time where people have the idea but they don't have like you said the endurance to manage it and yeah. take it all the way to the end and so now your idea is out there and people can use it yeah i am kind of my own worst enemy with that <laughs> regard because I, I just cannot sit still if, if, if i have something that i want to try to develop i mm-hmm. like like today you know I, I had a break i was up at four in the morning i could have gone take an hour nap or something but i went to home depot and <laughs> And went and did more prototypes of this thing. But you're not exhausted. You still have energy. You've got a positive attitude. Yeah. You know? No, I think the between the intermittent fasting and living that type of lifestyle, I tend not to crash until later in the day. Luis recently reposted photos from 2014 or a few years ago where he was doing a bike race and so I asked him about that. I was approached by a friend of mine from church. He's been fighting human trafficking and he had this idea of developing, well he already had a non-profit organization that was creating a lot of educational material for people to learn more about human trafficking. Mm-hmm. We became friends at church and I, I, I wanted to help this guy. We started just meeting kind of on the regular basis, maybe every other week. Uh, I, I was like, whatever I can do to help you I would love to get more involved with this because I'm a big believer of fighting human trafficking Mm -hmm. Uh, it's one of the things that I probably hate the most long story short in one of those meetings that we had he asked me what was one of the things that I would love to do in my life at some point and I told him I would love to just go on a very long bike ride I would love to potentially just bike across the country at some point or do something like that Mm -hmm. so we were just having this random conversation and uh, I think a couple of days went by and then he called me one day and he's like Luis you know how you were telling me that you want to bike across the country I have a perfect idea for you would you consider biking across the country and being kind of like the messenger for this nonprofit, and we can start a campaign out of it called mm-hmm. Hope 27. Uh, in the fall of 2014, I helped this campaign called Hope 27. Then the 27 stood for 27 million people in the world that back in the day were being human trafficked. That was that was the million? number. Yep. And I believe I that the no number idea. is bigger today, believe it or not. Oh my gosh. It's a very big problem. Where are the majority of these people? Everywhere. Every, no everywhere. Everywhere. Uh, 
here in Minnesota, a bunch of them are being, oh. they're being trafficked, you know, uh, lots of sex trafficking, uh, but human slavery, you know, um, it's, it's happening all around us and we're very they unaware of the problem. Yeah. I became the, the image for this organization for during this bike ride. He, he connected with a lot of nonprofit organizations that were fighting human trafficking too. Mm -hmm. We mapped out my route and I kind of guerrilla style just went for it. We didn't have too much of the logistics figured out when I started this bike ride. I flew oh, to gosh. I flew to California. Uh, I we had the map of what, what I was gonna do. I made it uh, a little harder on me. I, I I decided to bike on a single speed bike because I wanted to to try oh. to connect with people oh, that are suffering, terrible. you know. But yeah, I I bike across the country, 2,700 miles, uh, 27 days. Before oh, that, I did gosh. a uh, I did a little fundraiser. I were trying to do a lot of things with the number 27, and I did a 27 minute plank uh, to try to. Uh, How did that go? That was probably the hardest thing I ever done in my life. Really? <laughs> yeah. At what point did you want to collapse? Uh, early on. <gasps> you, you two know, minutes in, yeah. Yeah, two minutes in, I was ready to, to be done with it. Actually, believe it or not, I'm going to do a 30-minute plank this year oh. uh, for another non-profit, 30 for Freedom, fighting sex trafficking. A good friend of mine that I coach, actually, who's probably one of the most on-fire individuals I ever came across that are fighting sex trafficking. Uh, his name is Brent Silkey. Uh, if you guys have a chance to check... Uh, 30forfreedom.org. Okay. It's a great non-profit organization that's fighting sex trafficking. Okay. So now there is a day here in Minnesota that is 30 for Freedom Day. And there's a lot of people that are going to be running 30 miles that are okay, that... raising awareness on, on sex trafficking and raising money to fight sex trafficking. Hmm. Uh, May 26th. So yeah, all the details are online on the website. Okay. But uh, on that day, probably before people go do their run, uh, I'm going to do a 30-minute plan. I'm, I'm actually raising money for, for 30 for freedom. So okay. I'm trying to raise $3,000 for them uh, through my plank. So I'm, I'm going to do a 30-minute plank. Okay. Mm -hmm. Oh, my gosh. Mm -hmm. To raise awareness? Yeah. I had no idea there were 27 million people out there. Yeah. Yeah. It's a big problem. And oh I think one of the best ways to fight it is creating more awareness on people you know um, yeah one of those things that is linked with so many things that we might not even think about kind of taking you on a side note here with with sex trafficking the the porn industry you know that's a very big component i can guarantee you that you probably know people that watch porn i know people that watch porn mm -hmm. you're kind of feeding the monster people that are in that industry a lot of them are being sex trafficked wow. you know and you might not be aware of that that you're it's like smoking cigarettes you know right like, hey, they're gonna kill you it's that's not good for you right uh, it's not good for the people that are doing it uh you don't know their backstories you know mm -hmm. the super bowl just happened here in, in minneapolis and the super Bowl was like the biggest sex trafficking event there is in the nation believe it or mm -hmm. not a lot of pimps that have sex slaves that they are controlling they will move to a city and try to sell them during the super oh bowl gosh. because a lot of people wealthy people that go to the super bowl they want to have a good time you know and they'll they'll look for a prostitute or something and these people are being sex trafficked it's terrifying. and people don't link that you know it's hard yeah. for people to understand that but it's, it's happening all over it scares me to yeah. death you know like i don't want i don't want anyone to go through that and how can i fight for it right mm -hmm. well 
You're doing good things. I wanted to ask you one other question. Yeah. What is nose breathing contrast? <laughs> Two years ago, I read a book, The Oxygen Advantage, and it talked a lot about nose breathing and how it can help you develop your lung capacity. It can help you become a better athlete. So I've been investigating more. I've been applying more the concept of doing, learning how to do exercise breathing through my nose. And it's been very fascinating to me to to see how it helps you and can how you much... like to demonstrate via audio <laughs> what that might sound like no it's basically shutting your mouth and breathing through the nose you know just doing but a lot of your breathing part? so it's, uh, it's a concept that I kind of developed on my own and recently uh, I do it on the rowing machine Uh, where you I call it contrast because you go from going on a very easy effort rowing so pretend that you're on the rowing machine and you're just going really really slow Mm -hmm. but feeling how much oxygen you're getting in trying to be in a very easy effort easy state but you're breathing through the nose I do 25 rows so 25 strokes breathing through my nose and then I go into 25 strokes going really hard Mm -hmm. so you go that's the contrast you go from very easy to super hard but only 25 and 25 strokes okay. and you try to keep your nose breathing during the hard part and then when you do a high intensity exercise you're gonna need to breathe through the mouth at some point mm-hmm. so with this concept of doing something that is not too long you kind of start kind of tapping into developing your nose breathing ability if you just try to do an interval do some running or some some kind of intervals something short and try to just breathe through the nose you'll see how hard it is i'm sure so what happens is your body starts to use the oxygen a little more efficiently when you're doing that you're not you're not breathing that many times per minute which is is something that we do when we're breathing through the mouth you're kind of over oxygenating your body your body has too much exposure to the oxygen therefore doesn't absorb it too well because it's there all the time so the minute you start tapping into not having it too often your body will grab it better interesting and it develops your anaerobic capacity so this is from the oxygen advantage for the nose breathing but you kind of yeah, I, I took the concept contrast. and I've been I've been playing with it and being a trainer I I like to test things sometimes yeah, uh, and this is that that nose breathing uh, protocol contrast breathing I kind of developed it on my own but then I got to test it uh, so I, I did that type of a workout and then a couple of days after I did a, a speed workout of running my body is very good right now with doing anaerobic efforts mm-hmm. uh, and I have one of my best speed workouts of my life doing more of that type of training and i haven't been running that much mm-hmm. and it was fascinating to me to see that I, I i could perform at that level without training that much so yeah that's that's the contrast breathing right there that's uh-huh. awesome so what's i mean we've talked a lot about <laughs> Things that are keeping you busy now and that will keep you busy probably in the next couple of years. Mm-hmm. But is there anything else that you're really excited about that you want to share? There's one more thing that I that I haven't told you that I do daily. Uh, I take cold showers and that's another piece of the pie, a big piece of the pie actually. Uh, and believe it from? or not, uh, I started looking at this guy called, his name is Wim Hof and he's the Iceman. They call him the Iceman. He's a freak of nature, but he does a lot of cold exposure okay. and a a lot of breathing techniques. Is the Iceman really like go out naked into he, nature? Kind he, of thing? he owns all kinds of Guinness World Records of 
doing things like running a marathon in like Antarctica, uh, just wearing shorts and, oh. th- and running shoes. So the guy is a freak of nature. Um, that kind of led me to learn more about cold mm-hmm. and how good it is for you to expose yourself to the cold, uh, which is the opposite of what we like to think, right? We yeah. think like, oh, don't be out in the right. cold because you're going to get sick. Um, but uh, it's kind of in the same category as intermittent fasting, you know, like if you let your body do what it's supposed to do, you will let certain parts of your metabolism kick in and and Mm. perform better. So yeah, the the reason why I started doing cold showers is because I I was very curious if they will help me not get sick, uh, especially during the winter. So uh, this winter is third winter in a row that I've been doing cold showers and I do them all year Mm. long. They help me wake up at four in the morning. Uh, They wake me up better than coffee, but I I mean, knock on wood, I I haven't been sick. Uh, I don't do the flu shot. I don't do any of those shots Uh, and I haven't been sick. Do you do any warm water or is it 100%? I I, I normally do a warm shower and then I cut the hot completely and, and just get on the cold water for a couple of minutes at the minimum and and that's it. And with that said, I, I still, I try to expose myself to the cold. During the winter, I keep my jacket inside of the car and I just walk in and out my car to buildings, just wearing a t-shirt, kind of like I am right now, you know. And that's um, mainly to help rev your metabolism up. Yep, yeah, yeah. And so I have built more tolerance to the cold. And this is the guy from Guatemala that lives in Minnesota right. telling you this. I have <laughs> developed more tolerance to the cold. I respect it more. I see the value of it. It kind of builds your immune system. Yeah. Uh, and it, it kind of makes sense in a way. If, if I was to see it uh, without getting too analytic here, bacteria likes to live in warm places. So if you attack it with some cold, cold air, cold water, it's not going to like you that much, you know? This guy, Wim Hof, is the one that opened my eyes to the concept. And then I did more research on it. Then I started using it. And I'm like, wow, this actually really works. I love how good it wakes me up. I haven't been sick. I know. Um, I will do whatever it takes to not be yeah. sick. That I, like I used to idea. always get sick at least one time every winter. Mm-hmm. And it will be a good, like, week long cold. Right. Um, and knock on wood, I haven't had that ever since I started taking my cold showers. You said it's been three years? Yeah. All and right. I love them. And I actually, uh, there's so much more to it. There's a study that I, read, I don't even remember where, but I remember this. Uh, they, they said that is one of the best things for dealing with depression because you're kind of dealing with fear so you're kind of forcing yourself to deal with something that is not pleasant but it kind of gives you a reward when you're done Mm -hmm. your body starts radiating heat from the inside after you take a cold shower so you get all of that you get like an endorphin rush from it after one of the best things that they have discovered for for depression interesting Um, so yeah I'm, i'm a big believer of of the cold showers. I feel like all of mm-hmm. Minnesota needs to hear this because I'm sure like 60% of people are in their house right now just being depressed. And I go back to the winter. comfort, you know, everything is so yeah. easy. Uh, these days, we I take the examples from nature a lot. Look at the animals. They, they, they deal with the elements. We're meant to deal to a certain degree with elements, mm-hmm. uh, but we're just so pampered all the time. Oh, I'm cold. I'm going to get my layers on. <laughs> or I'm too hot. I'm going to crank the, the AC. Let your body do what it's supposed to do mm-hmm. a little bit. Get out of your comfort zone and explore. Try things. And you'll discover that there's a lot of little things like that that are very powerful that will help you. 
Mm-hmm. This has been really educational for <laughs> me and hopefully for other people listening. So thank you so much for doing oh, you're this. Welcome. You're an awesome dude. <laughs> I'm going to try some more of your workouts. So. Awesome. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, you're inspiring people and changing lives. And so it's really cool to see. And I'm so glad that I got the opportunity to talk to you. Oh, thank you for having me. Yeah. Uh, it's been it's been a pleasure. And, and I always love sharing with people and putting the good stuff that I have learned out there. Bye, guys. Bye. dropped some really big knowledge bombs for us to take away and I now have several new things to attempt trying cold showers getting comfortable with being uncomfortable exploring intermittent fasting to rev up my metabolism and interval training which is excellent for boosting your speed and endurance lastly check out www.30forfreedom.org to learn more about raising money to help victims of sex trafficking tracesports.co to have your mind blown on how coach Luis can help you with your endurance strength and mobility and www.thethumbspinner.com or optp.com to nab some fitness products that will help you with your workout performances. Special thank you to Clark Ottman for tickling the ivories on this podcast. And until next time, DJ Spin in the house.